As a pet parent, we talk to our pets both verbally and non-verbally, but don't you wish that sometimes your pet could be talking to you? Well, the guest on my show today, Diane Keck, has taught her dog Scarlett to communicate with her through buttons. Hi, Diane. Good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for coming on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So you have kind of taught your dog, Scarlett, to communicate with you through the use of what is called buttons. And so I am so excited to hear a little bit more about that today. I think it's really the dream of most pet owners, right? That our dogs can talk back to us and, um, you know, we can have that just deeper understanding and relationship with one another, right? They're, uh, they're our best friends and our family. And so to be able to, to have that connection with them, I think is, it's a, it's a dream for a lot of people. You use buttons and talk a little bit about what they are and how they work. Sure. So they are uh, recordable buttons. The ones that we use uh, are from the maker Fluent Pet. Um, they have six buttons on each hex tile and we kind of group these recordable buttons together. And so the buttons uh, can be triggered, you know, through tactile. So through a nose touch or a paw touch, um, the dog can actually trigger these buttons. And when the button is pressed, then the word is that you have recorded into the button is said, right? And so we group them to kind of help with the learning process. Yeah, kind of, you can have as many as you want. You can assemble the hex tiles, uh, you know, and as high as you want. Scarlett has 42 buttons currently. There are some dogs I'm, I'm sure folks have seen on TikTok or Instagram or different platforms that have more buttons than that. Um, you know, when I, when we were first starting out, we started out with just about four or five buttons, just gave her kind of a few options. And then we've slowly built up to that 42. That's awesome. And so let's uh, maybe talk a little bit about how did you find out about buttons or about this process? And then how did you get started with Scarlett? Yeah, well, like so many people, I found out about it just on social media. So Bunny, the talking sheep-a-doodle, um, <laughs> and Stella, of course, Stella's mom, uh, Christina Hunger, wrote a book, uh, How Stella Learned to Talk, which is a fabulous book I would highly recommend reading. And Christina um, is a speech-language pathologist, and she's really the first person who tried to record these buttons and present them to her dog and model them the way that she was with her uh, students, her learners that she was working with professionally. And so it really, it was just, it was a why not, right? So I had this very young uh, puppy adolescent dog who um, was very smart and very human focused (laughs) and just it she needs something to do all the time and so you know she's not a go and lay on the couch and lay down kind of dog and so I thought well what's something else I can give Scarlett to do I'm always trying to think of you know more things I can have Scarlett do during the day um so I said why not why not you know it's fun something we can do here at home 
uh, in the air conditioning in Arizona. Um, we can all do together and it'll give her something to think about and something to do. So why not try it? So these buttons, they can be ordered, um, I think as a starter set, right? So you can come mm -hmm. and just try it out with your dog and then you can continue to add new buttons, like you said, and mm -hmm. you refer to them as recordable buttons, which means that the person you actually put the words on there yourself, correct? Mm -hmm. It's, I think it's very important. They're not pre-recorded. Um, you record them and that's important because some families might use the word pets. Some families, you know, they might use different vernacular to talk about, you know, the same thing, which is what we really just mean is, Hey, come over here and, you know, and I'll pet you a little bit, or I'll give you some scratches or whatever. And so those are the words the dog is hearing on a day-to-day -day basis. And so unlike when we are choosing a cue that maybe the dog has never heard before and then pairing that cue with behavior, this is really more of, of a ground up natural learning style where the dog is hearing those words from a receptive language standpoint over and over and over and over again. And then we're recording those into the buttons and making them available for the dog to press. It's so fun. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, your initial process with Scarlett. And Scarlett is a, what, what kind of a dog is she? She's a Bernadoodle. Bernadoodle, okay, so mm -hmm. very cute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you. yes, as you were saying, obviously a very, uh, a dog that needs something to do. And you also <laughs> mentioned here, Arizona weather, sometimes in the in the summertime, it's so hard to go outside and, and give them the exercise and mental stimulation that they need. So this is certainly something uh, that is a wonderful supplement to that. But uh, talk a little bit about your initial process with Scarlett and how you got started with her. Sure. So we really, when we had the buttons, I started out by demonstrating to her that these were something that she could touch. And she already had a touch behavior that was on cue. So that was very easy to really transfer that. We don't necessarily want to teach buttons in the same way that we train other types of behavior. So the dog is not, you know, you press this button and then I hand you a reward, right? It's external reward of a treat or a toy or whatever, unless of course the button that they press is toy, right? <laughs> and then, and then they would get the toy, right? But it's not, um, it's not an unrelated reinforcer. So the reinforcer essentially that, that we get, right, as communicators um, and that the dog is getting is that when we say a word and we're understood and then the other person does what we want or behaves or understands us, right, that's highly reinforcing. I just chose a handful of words that I know that she has heard a lot of times um, you know, examples would be also words that would be easy to model on a frequent basis. So outside, for example, you tend to go outside, you can walk in and out of the door a hundred times a day. It's easy to frequently model that. Um, I probably wouldn't pick something like, let's take a trip to the beach today, right? Because that's not something that you can model, you know, repetitively and, and frequently at the beginning. So I chose words that I knew that she would 
uh, be hearing on a frequent basis that we say to her a lot and words that we would be able to model with great frequency throughout the day. So outside, play, um, ball, wears. I actually added a wears button, which is is kind of, it's interesting. That was Scarlett's first word. That was her first button press, which um, is a little bit odd because wear is a somewhat more complex concept of a word uh, mm -hmm. than ball, right? You say ball, you hold the ball, here it is. It's fairly straightforward. Where is somewhat of a more complex um, concept. And so in any case, I added it because we would say where's to her quite often uh, in conversation, where's your ball? You know, where's your kiddo? Where's, you know, whatever. And so she heard that word a lot. And so I just thought, oh, I'll just, you know, throw that one on there. What can it hurt? And actually her first button press, she wanted us to help her find her ball, oh. <laughs> but she didn't press ball. She pressed wares. <laughs> Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. I've always, I've always found that so fascinating. And of course, yeah. the first time they press it, you're like, is this real? Is this really happening now? Because you've been modeling for so long. Some dogs, you know, I if they have a human who talks to them a lot and engages with them a lot, um, some dogs press the buttons right away, right away. Um, some dogs, it can take longer. Scarlett took about six weeks before she really um, had a button press. And I think that there are, you know, they're doing lots of research uh, into these buttons. And I think that there's probably a lot of very interesting science behind that, that we just, you know, they're, they're researching and working on. Um, if I had to hypothesize, Scarlett, um, she, she is a dog who definitely has sort of an idea in her mind of how she's going to do things. Um, she's just highly intelligent, um, you know, the poodle and the Bernese, and she's like, this is how I'm doing it. And I'm doing my job. And I don't need you to tell me how to do it because I'm already smart enough to know. Um, <laughs> she's one of those, you know, types. And so, so I think that's part of it. We also have three other dogs who are not at all interested in these buttons. Oh, interesting. And so, you know, she's seeing a lot of canine body language and uh, communication being modeled as well. And mm -hmm. so I think she was kind of like, why do I need to press these, <laughs> right? Like this is... So anyway, it did take her a while and I really had to keep up with it and, and keep modeling for her. And so, so let me, uh, let me ask you. So in the, in these six weeks before Scarlett started to press her first button, um, how often did you, did you model uh, and how, you know, so, because I'm sure it can be kind of frustrating it. Six weeks is a pretty long time and, you know, kudos to you for sticking to it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I could see myself kind of going oh, maybe this doesn't work for my dog or so Absolutely. how often did you actually have to do that? So I always tell people you just build it into your day. So it's not like with training where we say, well, let's set aside five minutes or 15 minutes or whatever that looks like for a dedicated training or modeling session, right? So this is more so 
Um, <clears throat> if I'm going to walk outside anyway to go water the plants, I might go over and press outside and then walk outside. Okay. Right. And so I've done one repetition of modeling that button and that action, but it didn't really take me any extra time uh, to do it. You're probably going to play ball with your dog at some point in the day. They're going to bring you their ball or whatever. And so maybe before I actually engage with the ball, I would just walk over to the board and press play ball and then pick up the ball and throw it. Um, and then before I throw it again, I press play and I throw the ball again and then I press play and I throw the ball again. So just doing that modeling and building it into the activities that you're already doing is the most effective way to model because it's showing the dog tangibly what the consequence is of that word, right? You say play and then somebody throws your ball. There is somewhat of a cascade of learning as well. So once she pressed the button and was like, okay, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to press it and see what happens, right? Where I really want someone to help me find this ball. <laughs> um, at that point, there really was this, and I stood up, right? That's the other thing I tell people too when they're first learning, when you're modeling and when they're first learning a new word, you've got to follow through and do the thing. Even if it means you have to stop writing an email or whatever it is you're working on, because you have to reinforce that word that they have said with the actual action associated with it mm -hmm. so that they learn that it has meaning. So that can be somewhat inconvenient, I guess, during the learning process. But I think that the I think the rewards and the, the payoff far, far exceeds that minor inconvenience. And eventually you can get to a point where, you know, Scarlett will go over and press pool, you know, and I'm like, no pool right now, right? <laughs> I do respond to her. She knows that I understood her. Her communication was received. It was understood. She was acknowledged, but I don't necessarily have to have her go in the pool every time she asks for it. Um, but at the beginning or with a new word, definitely we want to model that every time, even if it's a little bit inconvenient. Um, so that's, that's really what the modeling process looks like. It doesn't have to take a whole lot of extra time. Yeah, you explained that wonderfully. So you mentioned now Scarlett has 42 buttons. So what do conversations <laughs> look like? Are they a lot more involved or are they still very like, like you just said, you know, does she just push pool and then you know she wants to go swim in the pool? Or is it more of a numerous buttons put together and becoming more of a conversational sentence? It really just depends. And I will also say that it's very learner specific as well. You know, we have very different dogs with very different personalities. One Bernadoodle is not the same as another Bernadoodles. You know, they have, you know, of course they're going to have similar uh, breed tendencies, but as pet owners, as you know, we know that they each have their own unique personality. And you will see that a lot in how your dog uses these buttons to communicate. So I always kind of like to joke 
that Scarlett is kind of a bull in a china shop. <laughs> she's just, that's just her personality. You know, she's like, she has this beautiful coat and her groomer gets her looking all great. And she will like find any amount of mud and like get her <laughs> face and her arms in it immediately. She just is, you know, she's just that kind of dog. So sometimes she'll go over to the board and she'll just, she'll just press one button, even though I know she's totally capable of pressing five or six buttons in a row and combining ideas. It's almost like a demand, just like pool, you know what I mean? And, and then if, <laughs> if I'm like, no, you know, no pool, she'll be like now, you know, and she'll just almost <laughs> like, I love it. <laughs> you know, could, could she, um, you know, could she put these things together? Yes. But she's just, I'm just going to run right over and I'm going to get straight to the point. She's just, that's her personality. And so that's one, there are, there are definitely times that, um, and I try to highlight those on her Instagram account where, when I'm able to capture them, of course, on video where, we have like longer, you know, she has longer, um, strings of communication that she puts together and that definitely does happen. Um, it tends to happen a lot when she's not getting what she wants and she wants to really make her <laughs> point about something. That's cute. <laughs> or if she's dissatisfied with something the other night, we had one that I posted recently, um, she really likes when everybody goes to bed at eight o'clock and she knows the schedule and she knows that it's that time. And if you're 15 or 20 minutes late for bed, she is all over you about it. So, you know, I had been saying like, I know you want to, she'd been at bed, bed. And I'm like, I know it's, you know, Chase's, you know, Chase's, he's, he doesn't want to go to bed yet. That's my mm -hmm. son, you know? And so Anyway, and then she goes over to her board, help, 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 help. And I'm like, what, what do you need to help with? Bed. <laughs> Chase doesn't want to go to bed yet. And then she said some long string of words, which was like, all done, no, uh, want bed, Molly, you know, something that Molly is our other dog who comes to bed. That's at the awesome. Same time. So in her mind, it's all Molly is part of this, right? Mm -hmm. We all need to go. We all need to go mm -hmm. to the bed. So that longer string of words happened in the context of she wasn't really getting what, or what she thought should happen. And she was correct, uh, is that we should have been going to bed and we weren't going <laughs> to bed. And so she really needed to have this longer string of words in order to make her point. So, so and that's that, that both. Yeah, and, and that's so, so amazing and interesting, I think, um, from what we previously thought and, uh, you know, that she's able to kind of understand that here's a wish that I have, and I want to now communicate that all of these people that are part of, you know, my family are all included, and I want them all to have this particular experience together. I think it's fascinating. Um, you know, I have a Jack Russell that I I don't use buttons, but she has a very unique way to communicate with us. I mean, if she wants something, she can, you know, walk over to the to the water bowl and then hop up to where the sink is, you know, to kind of say, hey, there's no water in the water bowl and you need to, you know, get this and then she come over to you. 
Um, so, but I agree, you mentioned earlier that, you know, obviously each dog is a personality and, and each of them probably has a different way to communicate. Now, a moment ago, you, um, you mentioned your Instagram account and, and you do also have a website. So if people want to see more or see Scarlet in action and see how this works or find more uh, out about these buttons, then they can come to your website and share a little bit where they can find you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I like to post tips and kind of best practices and things like that. So Scarlet uh, on Instagram is Scarlet with two T's, scarlet.bernadoodle. And then you can also find us um, at uh, scarletthedog.com. And, you know, we just, we talk about tips in terms of like how to get started. Folks are welcome to message me if they have questions about um getting started with buttons. And, and then I think another really good point that you raised is that our dogs already know how to communicate with us using canine language, right? Which, you know, best practice as pet parents, obviously we're learning their body language as well. And so buttons will be more effective if people are incorporating the dog body language and understanding the dog into the use of buttons. And so all of those tail swishes, lip licks, you know, those types of things, those are really important contextual clues to pet parents when they're trying to figure out why is my dog pressing this button or is my dog agitated? Are they happy? Do they want to play? Those are still really, really important. So um, I think that, you know, for trainers and for pet parents, definitely, you know, it's not, it's a, it's definitely a supplement, not, um, not a replacement to that listening to that canine body language and, and behavior. That, that's a very good point. Mm -hmm. Diane, um, I know that you were on uh, Good Morning Arizona on uh, Channel 3. Mm -hmm. Yep, Scarlett was there in the studio. It was so fun. How fun is that? So you, you've obviously have uh, quite the following also on Instagram. And um, I know there's so many people that are interested in this. And on the show, you mentioned something which I thought uh, was really cool. And that mm -hmm. is that there is a STEM curriculum where you can actually um, involve your children in this process of teaching a dog to communicate through buttons. So talk a little bit about that. Oh, sure. Yeah. So the STEM curriculum is developed uh, by Fluent Pets. So folks would need to visit their website uh, to find the STEM curriculum and they can download it for free. It's a really wonderful resource that they uh, have kindly put together for the community. It was created uh, in concert with anthrozoologists, with dog trainers, uh, with those who are experienced at using the dog buttons. It was created by a, really a whole team of people. Um, Fluent Pet is very engaged with um, you know, a lot of research efforts and uh, the research that's going on at the uh, University of California, San Diego Canine Cognition Lab uh, through the Cognitive Psychology Department. They're studying you know, a lot of the, the dogs that are using these buttons. They were really kind enough to put together this resource. It's a 65 page workbook wow. and it has essentially a guide to take kids through the ideal ages really are, you know, kind of eight to 13 or eight and up. 
But for those kids that um, are interested in learning more about how to actually be the teacher with their dog and learning how to use the buttons, this curriculum will walk them through how to do that. And then it also teaches the kids about um, recognizing canine body language and uh, their communication style and how to kind of incorporate those things together. And so I think it's really valuable, you know, from a safety perspective, but also just being, you know, a, a great lifelong dog owner. It's a great tool. Um, there are a lot of STEM uh, principles that are in it as well. So it's a nice supplement to that science um, learning that the kids are getting to do in that, you know, they're learning a lot about animal behavior and psychology and about communication and about how technology plays an important part in helping us communicate. So that whole STEM curriculum is just, it's really wonderful, it's a gift. And so if you have a chance to work through it, there's some work pages as well the kids can do that are in there. They can set goals for themselves and for their learner. And it's, it's wonderful. That sounds really, really fantastic. And what a wonderful resource. And of course, we'll be sure to share uh, your links in the description below, as well as uh, a link to that particular page for Fluent Pet. Thank you. That's, That's wonderful. So <laughs> yeah, no, and you know, I'm sure that there are so many uh, people out there listening to this interview that want to get uh, either them, themselves and their pet involved, or hopefully also their their uh, kids and the pet involved. I think this is just another great way of bringing that communication to a just whole, a whole new level, really. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how far Scarlett can um, increase her button vocabulary. So we'll be yeah. sure to follow her on Instagram. And again, Aww. for anybody that wants to uh, see Scarlett in action, we'll have the link below the video um, for your Instagram account and other resources that we mentioned throughout the interview. Perfect. Thank you so very much. Well, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Absolutely. Bye-bye.